What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Golly Dating 101 podcast. And we are blessed today to be interviewing some great friends. We want to introduce you to some guys that we're sure if you listen to our page, you should have heard of theirs by now. So Gary Young, married couple. You can pause this podcast if you feel like just to go ahead and give them a follow, share the content. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, but we want to talk to you guys because we believe that they add so much value to the dating and relationship aspect that we have not targeted ourselves. And Gianna is also making her appearance. So special appearance. Um, well then. We're glad to have Gianna with us. Yes. She's going to be here until she's not. It is what it is, but we want to thank Adam and, you know, Adam and Carissa for you guys joining us. Um, anything you want to say before we, we are just grateful. Thank you so much for having us. We love godly dating 101 Tavares and Safa rock. So thank you so much for having it's us. It's good on. to be with our friends and oh, connect great. again. Yes. We're no one, uh, but these two <laughs> university professors, marriage counselors, licensed therapists. So we are thankful because we know you guys are doing this with hundreds, if not thousands of couples on a daily, weekly monthly basis so there's so much that you guys can add to our people so I guess one of the first questions I want to ask you is what drove you into getting into therapy and counseling couples what is what is your why behind behind Mm. starting this ministry yes so it rewinds back um for me it rewinds back about 15 years ago when I was a teenager and I had just moved to a new church it was a big church compared to where I came from And someone mentored me in what's called an inside outreach ministry. And um, I was just so grateful for the care that they took. And I decided I want to be a counselor. They were counseling me and I was like, I want to be a counselor. So um, I went to school for psychology and then uh, became a therapist uh, 10 years ago. And um, it's been so enriching, rewarding Um, and it's, it's totally a calling. So that was, that was where it started for me. Uh, for me, it's, it's kind of a interesting path. I was actually, uh, I taught piano for years and I I remember looking at Chris and being like, I don't know how you deal with those people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, those people, you know, all those humans you, you, uh, spend time with. And, uh, but I always loved people myself. Um, my story probably started with, when I was working with people. I struggled with uh, the whole God question mm-hmm. in college and uh, had lots of questions about, you know, why does God allow evil and all these things? And so I got deep into philosophy. And then through those struggles that I had, I began working and, and answering a lot of other questions that people brought to me. So we'd have dialogue and and so then I, I really started enjoying working with people in that side, like the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And then quickly it morphed into, well, you can have all those questions settled, but you know, you could be falling apart emotionally or falling apart, like internally in your mind or, you know, just the different stuff that humans struggle with. So after a while, um, Chris has started getting um, asked to do seminars or, you know, do talks. And she's like, Hey babe, they want me to talk about marriage. You got to go. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> like, what do I know how to make it work? But, uh, so it kind of, after that, I just threw myself self into studying, reading books mm-hmm. on marriage. And we teamed up years ago, um, in doing this. And then I guess dear young married couple is, is the result of all that mm-hmm. years later. Okay. So 
you guys birthed this ministry. Was it together? It was after you guys were together, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've been married. What is it? 13 13 years. years. 13 13 years. Yeah. You guys got married. Did you go through premarital premarital counseling as well? (sighs) Unfortunately. (laughs) So here's the way it worked for us. Um, We got engaged December 29th. It was the holidays. Everything was exciting and rah-rah and then we both didn't see it coming actually yeah my like we were just dating right but we were growing together mm-hmm. we were long distance and every single time we got together our, our relationship just flourished mm-hmm. and I remember sitting on on the back lawn of our house and kind of cuddling up next to each other and my dad came out he's like you guys need to get married <laughs> and we we're like wait we could do that you know like you have these ideas of like, I have to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. I got to have my car paid off. I got it like, and, and then I, we just hadn't really considered it. So super fast, like, Oh, Hey, would you marry me? No, it was very special. So that was probably like September. And then in December is when he proposed and it was super special it was in a horse-drawn carriage and so what we're gonna we're saying is it was really a fast turnaround here yes but it was it was sweet so that was fast forward we got married four and a half months later and premarital counseling for us was adam's in town for a conference and so let's go do our engagement photos and let's get a session with brother so-and-so who's going to be our premarital counselor And so we had one session during a conference while Adam was in town right after our engagement photos. It was well-meaning. But it didn't sound like it turned out that great. (laughs) (laughs) It did not equip us. That's that's, uh, how we could sum it up. Yeah. And what's what I find weird about this situation is when Safa and I were dating, we only dated officially for a few months before getting married as well. Okay. It was around six months prior to engagement, then wow. about six months more um, before the actual wedding. We knew uh-huh. each other for years, but mm-hmm. it was a it was a long distance relationship because of military and all these. Right. And how long have you guys been married now? Almost five years. Yeah. Five, years. Next five years. Um, so you see, it worked out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we had to do our premarital counseling. I did it with my pastor's wife, you know, because she's a counselor. But Mm -hmm. I never felt as though it actually prepared us. I felt as though I was only getting surface level things answered, Mm -hmm. you know, so it never, it felt like, ah, we could have did this on our own time, you know, Uh so that's why I'm an advocate for, you know, for this type of counseling. But at the same time, I feel as though there aren't that many resources. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, that's true. There are some books out there. We have books we recommend, um, but, you know, I think that there aren't a lot of programs that really check all the boxes that are necessary to fully equip you going into marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you say you, you see some resources, but they don't check all of the boxes. So let me ask yeah. you, what are some conversations that you think we need to have in our, well, first of all, do you believe dating couples should at least consider doing premarital counseling? Do you believe that Ooh. once you're engaged that you should do that? Good 100%. question. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. I just I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here, you know, because I mean, you guys are counselors, you know. So I would hope <laughs> yeah. You, but so, what are the conversations that you believe that they should have with that counselor, that therapist, or whoever the person is? Yeah. Doing? So, kind of just touching on your last question there, uh, a lot of people think dating couples should not get premarital counseling because, like, 
somehow it'll push you into marriage or it'll uh, make you think you're more serious than you are, or it'll ruin the surprise for a, a proposal. We are full uh, proponents of doing premarital counseling as a seriously dating couple, because there are so many conversations you need to have prior to engagement. Now, if you're already engaged, don't worry. It's okay. You could still get premarital counseling and it'll be great. Um, but if you are not engaged yet, take advantage of this and get premarital counseling before you get engaged. I think because we, we don't see, you know, getting the, the process of getting married isn't the success, right? Mm-hmm. Building a thriving relationship is the success. Right. So if a couple comes in and they they have really some deep questions, deep questions answered, or at least deep, deep conversations together. Mm-hmm. And they decide, you know what, it feels like we're going in two different, two different ways here. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're not matching and they break up. That's a success. Yes. Yeah. You wow. know, yeah. that, I, don't that's think, a, I don't think we view it that way that right. often. Right. Right. Well, because we, we, I think we have that regret of like, I just now invested two years of my life. This better work. Right. Right. So we have that like investment bias of like, if I just do more, I could change him. Or if I could just do this, she could be this way, yeah. you know, and we put more and more time into it thinking that it's going to change this person into something that I want, but yeah. it doesn't always work that way. And they actually, like the studies show that couples who get premarital counseling, uh, 20, probably for this reason, yeah, 27% of them will actually cancel or at least delay their weddings. And we say, success. Like that is awesome because what we're doing is preventing a divorce down the road. Exactly. I don't think that's the part that we process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of times I always heard the saying, and it's, it's, uh, it's a little cute and it's just a little thing people tweet. And it's just saying like, it's better to wait long than to marry wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it, 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 you're just like, okay, cool. I saw a nice post, but you don't, people don't really process that. And yeah. I think a lot of times I know a lot of people that feel as though, well, yeah, you, you said two years, but there's some people that actually dated five years before they got engaged. (laughs) So now they feel as though they have to get married. So whether Mm -hmm. counseling goes right or wrong, they feel as though it's pressure. So I definitely think that's, that's necessary. Like you said. So what Mm -hmm. are the, some of the conversations that a couple should have with that counselor? What, what say the very first thing that you want addressed? What are some questions that those couples should be targeting in these? Yes. Yeah. So a good premarital um, course or program or counseling session should talk to you about communication, not just talking to you about it, but equipping you with the tools to communicate well. Right. Well, it's one thing to just be like, okay, Tavares, when you talk to your wife, <laughs> make sure you're nice. You're like, <laughs> it's one thing to give tips, right? right? Like do this, do that. But it's another thing to say, okay, here's a template. Here's a tool that you could pull out like when you're not feeling it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's what we're attempting to do because we know, I mean, you know how how marriage is. It's it's wonderful and hard at the same time because it demands sanctification from us. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to stay the same inside of a, a godly marriage. We're supposed to be ever-changing and becoming a better person. But how we become a better person is is the the challenging part yeah. because our our spouse is there joining with God in our self development. So the way they point out our flaws or our cracks does matter because I could throw up my defenses. Yeah. Right. So there are tools for that. Instead of being like, you know, you're a lazy slob, she could say, you know, babe, I wish that you would, you know, and and use a a tool to describe what she wants 
she could be saying the same exact thing. And this is just an example, but saying the same exact thing, but, um, but this, so sorry, I'm like trying to no, go no, to no, different, no, right? It's fine. I, I get that your, your words are jumbled. I think I get exactly what you're saying because there are many times when Safa and I, we come from completely mm -hmm. different backgrounds, Jamaican mm -hmm. background, but she's from the, the kindest kind and I'm from the roughest kind, you know, ah. <laughs> so she's trying to get words across and I'm not. Yes. Right. Yes. And she'll right. finally say something. And I'm just like, why didn't you just say that? And she's like, mm -hmm. I have been for days and you yeah. have not been understanding me at all and i'm looking like well right. it makes sense until now so i yeah. definitely think that's that it's important what you're saying with communication because i think a lot of us we understand only from our perspective mm -hmm. so whereas we think we're communicating but we're really talking at each other rather than to each other yes, yes. that's exactly right yeah and so you need to be able to have a tool for expressing what you want or need because it's much easier for the other person to listen when they don't feel blamed yeah. Um, so having that tool is important. That's one of the first conversations you need to have in premarital counseling is what are the tools for us to be able to ask for what we want or need in the relationship. Right. And then also to create that safe place, we call it a container for our partner, our girlfriend, boyfriend, and fiance to re to be able to, um, speak safely. How can I create that container for them? Um, right. so and these are common understandings. Mm -hmm. So when I use certain words, she knows, Hey, I need to slow it down and listen. Yeah. Or I need to slow down and listen. Like, yeah. so it's, it's, um, it, it's very like these, these are things that we've set up in our marriage and we've been using for 10 years. And th these, this is what we call tools, you know? Yep. Yeah. And so, empathy building is another one in communication. Yeah. And these are tools. Yeah. That we teach, we practice, um, and we want to equip other couples with these exact same tools. So I know there are more conversations that you're supposed to have here. You guys did a great job talking about communication, but for those listening, I did not mention at the beginning, I was going to wait till the end, but it's just too good. So they are <laughs> launching something. When you guys are listening to the, it already came about a couple of days ago. It's already released, but it's called pre-equipped. Pre so it's equipping, now I don't want to say singles, but non-married to get ready for marriage because there's mm -hmm. a problem in the church. Whereas we're having the same divorce rates as the world. That's we're right. Not ready. People just That's aren't right. ready. Everyone wants the the glorious honeymoon mm -hmm. but they aren't ready for everything that comes with it they aren't ready mm -hmm. for everything else so you guys launched something that's amazing my wife and i we already did our counseling but obviously we still don't communicate the best five years later so we know there are some tools that we can go through and learn to to have better intimacy and emotional you know connection together yeah. so i want to tell you guys about this premarital course and i want you guys to dive in further what are some other aspects that people are going to learn from in this course and joining yes. your course. Yes. Yeah. So the, after communication, the next one would be how to deal with conflict. Well, how to argue well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we provide five rules for arguing well. Um, also what to do when your partner shuts down, that's part of the dealing with conflict because that's really common. Most relationships, you have a pursuer and you have a withdrawer mm -hmm. and that withdrawer might shut down. So what do you do when that withdrawer shuts down? Yeah, it's our, one of the biggest efforts that we wanted to do here is we wanted to join the science, the psychology mm -hmm. with biblical based principles, right? You know, they're not supposed to be, you know, separated. They're supposed to be together because all truth is God's truth. Mm -hmm. So um, when we're talking about these subjects, we're, you know, throwing in some science. There's a lot of science behind this. Why does a man shut down? Well, when his heart rate gets above 100 beats per minute, which is pretty easy for a man, 
his frontal lobes, decision-making processes, his mm-hmm. empathy, all the good things that we admire about a person turn off and he goes into fight or flight. Wow. God made him that way. Yep. I mean, you're, you have your Navy jacket on, you know, <laughs> men are supposed to go to war. Like that's, that's kind of the way we are created to, to protect. Mm-hmm. So, so I need to be able to turn on my anger quickly and fight off a bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. so, so this good thing, well, I'm, this good thing is kind of like rising up in me. So I start shutting down. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not going to hurt my wife. So, so I, I withdraw, I fight or flight. So I, I run, but internally, so I shut down. So we talk about these things. So ladies remember that Yeah, yeah. when your when your boyfriend, fiance, husband is shutting down, it's actually in an effort to protect you because he's not going to fight you. Um, but that doesn't make us feel much better. We still might feel abandoned or we want to keep pushing and continue the conversation. So we teach tools here too Mm -hmm. for what to do when that happens. And we give a blueprint for, um, when you disagree, what do you do when you disagree? We give you a blueprint for that. Yeah. So it's amazing that you guys say that because (laughs) I thought I just shut down because I just shut down. (laughs) And I I always, I always say to myself, I stopped talking because if I say something, I'm going to regret it. You know what I mean? And I think it's hard for us to understand that there was actually science behind that, you know? So that's actually, that's actually pretty, you know, my, my mind is blown, you know, (laughs) I'm glad that you guys mentioned there's resources for that inside this course, because even though, even though I know I'm shutting down because I'm trying to be respectful, Mm -hmm. I can't save my marriage while always shutting down. I can't, I have to learn how to actually deal with conflict. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about holiness in the scriptures. A lot of times they mention outward holiness for women more so than they Mm. did for men. But it always talked about inward holiness for men, because why men are the ones that are normally quick tempered and can't control mm. our emotions and things like exactly. that. You know, so I think that's definitely a great point that you guys brought up. And I'm, mm. I'm ready to dive in that section as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, it. I that's see- just one of the many nuggets, you know, in terms yeah. of it being biblically based and psychologically sound. You get lots of nuggets like that with the research and how to apply that. And I'm, and I'm glad we have you guys on, because I think a lot of times when we point people towards counseling, there's some, you know, people on the spiritual side of the spectrum that are saying, well, why aren't we taking it to God? And then there are some mm-hmm. people that are on mm-hmm. the, they understand the mental health issues on the you know, side of the spectrum. And they're like, well, why don't you take it to a counselor? You know, yeah. so it's definitely great to know that you have people that are spiritually minded and mm-hmm. are aiming to do, do things this way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, like I said earlier, all truth is God's truth. Science is a, or it should be yeah. a pursuit of finding what is true. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think the duty of the Christian, everyone that's on the side of truth, hears his voice, Jesus voice. Like that's, that's what Jesus. So it's our duty as Christians to bring truth. And that's what mm-hmm. I see. Like so, science, not scientists, scientists sometimes can twist <laughs> bias. Yeah. Twist, you know, make things say what it's not, but what we do is try to represent, yeah, both sides, Mm -hmm. biblical principles, how we ought to live and love, but also, okay, what does the science say here too? And that they're not against each other, but they're so profoundly integrated and that shines through in each tool that we put out there for the premarital couples. All right. So we see that you guys have stuff for conversation, handling conflict, which a lot of people are probably going to be in there with me. What is another conversation that people need to have when addressing premarital counseling? 
Yes. The next one is dating and boundaries. So this is an area oh, yeah. that, yeah, <laughs> it, um, it's interesting. I think some premarital counseling will address boundaries, but it's usually only the physical boundaries. Um, and, and not so much, how does the way I'm knowing this person match the way that I'm loving or showing affection, affection toward this person. And that's the approach we take with the boundaries discussion to know and to love. That's the goal of marriage to be fully known and truly loved. And they should be, and they should be matching at different levels, right? Where we get in trouble is that we go so far into the loving without knowing. So we get infatuated without having had the deep conversations and really getting to know this person. Is this the person I'm going to live with, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of my life? Do I want to be with them forever? So we try to set out a, a good conversation, and try to guide people through this of like, okay, what does it look like to love? What does it look like to know? And how can we honor our, hopefully our, our future spouse in this way? And we give you a tool for that called the dating ladder. And then in this section, we also address um, not just dating as a premarital couple, but dating as a rhythm for a lifetime, because that's how we go wrong. So often in marriage is we stop dating. So how do we set ourselves up now for dating for a lifetime? Um, So we talk about our personal pursuits. You can't, you can't stop having me time and individual time, um, but also joint pursuits. What do we want to learn together? How do we want to grow together? What kind of dates do we enjoy or do we want to pursue? So a couple of things regarding what you mentioned. Um, so I, I, I remember having a conversation with a guy a couple months ago and I said, bro, I didn't know I didn't have boundaries until I got married. And I had to let him know. I was just like, no, no, no. And it's not just talking about protecting myself from the opposite sex. I mean, in general, I didn't realize how many open doors there were because there was someone that was gossiping and I didn't shut it down. And I was just like, and then I had to go to the person later on. And I was just like, you know, why did you feel comfortable bringing all this to me? And it was obvious because there wasn't a boundary set up to protect myself. And I think a lot of times when Christians bring up boundaries, we're only telling people, hey, protect yourself from falling into this sin. And it's just like, you need boundaries in all aspects for more reasons that than just that. That is true. You know, so yes. that's so important. And then yep. you mentioned, oh, sorry about that. What was that? No, we were just agreeing with no, you. No, that's yes. totally right on. I, I've seen, I actually had a client recently who had a lot of like friendships and then got into this relationship and didn't respect like what you're saying, didn't respect those boundaries and had too many doors open. I like that analogy. Mm-hmm. And And that actually followed him, you know, that, that created a rift between him and his future spouse. And then that mistrust followed him into the marriage. So these are, these are conversations you got to have at the beginning of like, okay, when does this start to become this door open, start to become a liability in our relationship? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a time and a place for that, but are we past that door? Like, do we need to close that door to ensure that we can start creating more safety in this relationship? Because a boundary is an if-then statement. If this happens, then here's how we respond. And it's also set as a team. If you're working together in premarital counseling, you know, you set those if-then statements together and that way it's proactive. So if something comes up, you don't have to react. You can just respond with the boundary that you've already put in place. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And regarding, you mentioned dating and boundaries in regards to dating. So there are a lot of couples, once they get married, 
you know, kids could pop up in the future, work, life can get busy and they don't get yeah. to date as much. Yeah. What do you think are the consequences of couples who don't get to place a great emphasis on date nights or you know, things like that? Yes. So studies show that couples who have date nights once a week, men are two and a half times less divorce prone and women are four times less divorce prone and report higher levels of happiness and all the others and eroticism and so yeah satisfaction it's interesting all the things that we do to to fall into love why would we stop doing all those things yeah once we're in a in a relationship you know maybe this is why people say you know quote quote people fall out of love well, it's just, they're not pursuing each other anymore. Yeah. And date nights, you know, we say date night and people usually think of like going out to dinner, but it's really the research is alone couple time. So that could be date day, date morning, date middle of the night. That could be just alone couple time once a week when your kids go to bed and you get some alone couple time to just go through, um, some, cards to ask each other some questions. It can be a game. It could be, um, making a a dinner, a dessert together at home. What they're, what they're, what she's alluding to here is there needs to be a, a mix of both novelty and safety. Mm -hmm. So adventure and safety or love. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the cocktail for eroticism. Mm -hmm. It's those things together that, that create um, just that dynamic feel, right? Because you can all remember those highs, right? Mm-hmm. Where you took a step out. But if you're always taking adventures, then there's not going to be enough safety. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a balance between the two. And that has to continue on into your relationship, you know, doing new things, mm-hmm. um, taking new risks, but also fostering that, that safe part too. The predictability of yeah. he or she's going to be here. We have time together scheduled this week, and this is a regular rhythm in our relationship. Yeah. Don't say too much. I need them to join the course. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's a lot there. <laughs> definitely there. That's, that's good. That's good. And I know that's something we need to work on because with two little ones, it's just oh. like, oh, hey, yeah. they, we haven't gone to a restaurant in so long. We're going to order and bring the food home, you know? And, uh, like, yeah. and I think a lot of times we still forget that, you know, it unites my wife and I, if we're just playing Uno together, you know what I mean? It's yes. like, sometimes mm-hmm. we overthink this entire date day. Like you said, date day, date right. morning, whatever, as long as you're making yeah. sure you're, you're getting the time together. Because I think a lot of times, right. It's so easy to work so hard for that prize possession and then you get it and you just take it for granted. You yeah. know what I mean? And unfortunately, that that can happen so often and we see that. Very common. Yes. You know, it, you know, what's interesting is when you have date nights, at least semi-regularly for a while, and then you don't have them, you could feel that, that lack. You're like, yeah. man, but I've seen a lot of couples who, and I asked them, hey, when's the last time you guys had a date? you know, they're in my office and we're counseling and they're like, ah, they kind of look at their wife and they're like, um, I, I don't know, six months. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's time. Here's, here's your homework. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get to our next point, let's have a quick break from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, Tavares here. I know you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of today's episode. BetterHelp is a resource that I'd love to tell you all about because I believe many Christians don't prioritize their mental health. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment, so don't think you have to drive anywhere. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. Also, you can set up phone or video calls as you may desire, because I know sometimes you just want a face-to-face interaction. So if you're facing depression, stress, anxiety, anger, or any form of trauma, please understand BetterHelp is there for you. They'll be willing to reach out to you and speak with you as you may need assistance. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're feeling burdened down, I want you to want you all to enjoy a more happier life. As one of our listeners, you also get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. Now back to today's episode. Sir. So what's another question that you guys would say is something that we should have or the next module they should expect to see in this course? Yeah, the next uh, topic that you need to be addressing in premarital counseling is sex and intimacy. Mm -hmm. And sadly, this is a topic that actually doesn't get addressed other than in terms of boundaries, like keeping you from having intercourse before you get married. Yeah, it's don't 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 have sex before you're married. Okay. Yeah, it's the no, no, no. But what about the go, go, go? Um, So you need to be having conversations about sex and intimacy in a godly and wise and well-planned out way. And so that's what we aim to do in the course is set up that structure for you. And by the way, we, we didn't mention this part yet, but for you and for your mentor slash pastor slash premarital counselor, we want them to feel equipped to have these conversations with you too. So we actually pre-equipped um, the premarital course is available for free to pastors and premarital counselors um, because we want them to have this on hand so that they're ready when these conversations come in premarital counseling with you. So that's, that's super important. We address, um, you know, if you've had sexual abuse in your history, how that can impact the marriage and what you need to do about it beforehand. Um, we address the use of pornography and I mean, it's not, if you've been exposed anymore, it's when you've been exposed. Mm -hmm. So we talk about how to deal with the exposures that probably both members of the couple have had already. Um, so we, we work through that in the course very thoroughly. Um, so we, we talk about a lot about when sex went wrong, but then we talk about sex going well, right? We talk about how to celebrate sex as a gift from God. Um, we also give a handy little, uh, first night checklist, which is fun for those engaged couples that are about to get married. They have, um, a little checklist to help them prepare for their first night and it's practical. And then also, um, conceptual. Adam. Yeah. Chris, she hit all the the highlights there, but (laughs) I think here's one thing that um, we've helped couples do, and it's a very difficult conversation for a lot of couples, is that we give them a template of how to talk about if they've had sexual history, mm-hmm. how to do that. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a absolute right way and wrong way. Yeah. You know, you can tell things, or you know, the other person could ask you questions that are not going to be helpful. And they're just curious. They want to like arrange the world. They want to know and understand. But 
they don't understand, okay, these questions maybe or the answers are going to damage me. Mm -hmm. So we kind of say, here are some questions that we'd recommend you guys asking and talking about. These are completely healthy and maybe stay away from these. These could follow you into the marriage and, and leave some you know, images imprinted in your mind that it wouldn't be helpful. Mm -hmm. So we have that optional video to watch if there is sexual history, because those things need to be discussed. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you know, there's some boundaries to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Safa had to step away because of the baby, but I think it's so important because we both agreed that all you heard in church growing up was just don't have sex. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And in the premarital counseling, it was just, what are your expectations on how often? And it was just, it was never anything deeper than that you know so it's just like you get into marriage and you still feel as though sex is a sin so it's like you never really flip that switch you're not really understanding and I had a friend who in her before getting saved you know she was of the alternative lifestyle you know and yeah. her husband made a comment once that caught her absolutely off guard you know and she was talking to a, another woman and he thought they were just like super close and he said something that triggered something in her that he, she never addressed with him Cause she never knew mm -hmm. how to say like, well, that was my past. And then it led to a riff, but they obviously thank God they were able to work it out. But my problem is if we never address what happened to us or how we were exposed to these things, right. you know, it can cause a wound later on years into the marriage yeah. kids later. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think it's definitely important that we, we dive into the importance of yeah. sex the way God designed it. We shouldn't look at it as though it's mm -hmm. dirty, but we should look That's at it right. you know, in a holy way, in a way that unites us in a way that God sees us Huge. honoring him. Amen. No, it's, it's mm -hmm. so awesome to see what you do and, and that message that you give. Mm -hmm. um, that's exactly the same banner. We're holding up the other side of it, Yeah. you know, because, you know, sex is such a beautiful thing. I don't think the church does enough to celebrate it. I, I often think, and it, it amazes me, you know, God decided to create sex. Like he didn't have to, right? He didn't have to create taste buds. He can be like, you know, just make sure you throw a whole bunch of this stuff in your mouth every once in a while and, and you'll be strong. You know, like he didn't do that, but he, he created food to taste and to enjoy. Yeah. And to, like, that's such an amazing experience. Same thing with, with sex. He didn't have to make sex enjoyable and beautiful and like the pinnacle of experience. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to do that. And this is incredible to me in knowing just how much, uh, sin and evil and problems and, and all the abuse that happens around sexuality. He knew that that was going to happen, but he still thought it was a worthy um, trade-off. Yeah. Like it was still worth the gift to give, even knowing all that yeah. for us to experience. But how much do we really hear celebration of what that gift really brings us? Yeah. It's like we, we are sad about all the other stuff. We talk about the, the brokenness, yeah. but we don't, you know, we, we don't talk about the celebration and beauty of what God's given us enough to balance, I think, the other. Yeah, definitely. So true. So true. I think you hit the nail on the head. But it's a problem, you know, especially when the church, when we're known so much for what we're against, you know, than what we're actually for. You know, and yes, I would hate exactly. for the world, the world to simply view sex as though the church is thinking it's dirty. The church is stopping me from being great. And it's like, no, we, we don't, we're not, I, I literally had to write that some, um, write that down. It was like, the church is not stopping you from sex. They're stopping you from fornication because yeah. we have to understand that that should be the goal. There's nothing yeah. wrong with sex. The goal is right. when it's well out said. of the right context. You know what I mean? So right. I think it's important that we're, we're, we're addressing that in this. And I think all couples obviously need to go through it. 
because no one wants to get married and then you had two different expectations or two different backgrounds and no one is healing from whatever they so yep. may be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we like to say frustration is a result of unmet or uncommunicated expectations. Yeah. And if expectations haven't been set or talked about, you're up for a lot of frustration. Mm -hmm. Very true, my friend. Very true. <laughs> so <laughs> what's another conversation that we need to have when we're in premarital counseling? finances you need to talk about your money 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 <laughs> your money is an important thing so we talk about just we just get real with it like okay what about budgeting we have them take an assessment of where their values people have different values of money like some people want safety so they want to save some people see money as an avenue to get what they want and enjoy it and then it like or some people pursue experiences so it's good for us to know like where our values are around money so that we can meet each other there. So, mm -hmm. so there's not broken expectations. Yep. So we actually have them, uh, take this money assessment about their values around money before we ever have them do the practical stuff, like setting their budget and going through the money checklist that we give them as well. Okay, great. You give a checklist. Do you guys have something that's like a somewhat of a template for their own budget for them to create? Yes. Yep. So we, we have links to that in the course. We're actually big fans of the Dave Ramsey method when it comes to budgeting. So we, we link their budgeting app in the course. Um, but yeah, it's a money checklist that tells you exactly in what order to go, um, in order to be financially sound prior to marriage. Right. And some of the, the disagreements that you have, like, you well, if, if we join accounts that I'm now accountable to her, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> But also, you know, there's a loss of freedom too that people perceive. Uh, so yeah. how do we honor that? Like, yeah, you need to have some autonomy here. Mm -hmm. You don't need to ask, you know, can I buy that this gumball here? <laughs> you know, like, so how do we, how do we navigate that? What does that look like in a healthy couple? Mm -hmm. So that's, those are the conversations we have there. And they also get a, uh, in the course, they get a free ticket to the money and your marriage workshop that we did a few months ago. So nice. they get to see the replay to that, yes. to that, um, workshop, by the way, we haven't said, but throughout, I don't think we said, but throughout the course, we actually work with a couple. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not just like a, you know, two talking heads of like, here's what you do. Right. We talk like it's, it's all it's a real premarital yeah. couple with their real unscripted premarital counseling, real problems. Yeah. Well, that's perfect, especially because I know a lot of people are going to be, you know, sometimes we're afraid because just like, man, I'm the only one with this problem. But at least if you know, others are going through those steps as well, it makes yes. it you know, much lighter mm -hmm. on you. That's and that's what a lot of our beta testers said, like seeing this real couple, we related so much with them and it was helpful to see the, uh, the tools in action. But we're not crazy. We're not weird. It's just, that's, that's, typical yeah exactly all right so you targeted those targeted money is what sex intimacy money we have two more conversations that we need to dive into what is the sixth yep. one that these people should expect to see the sixth one is friends and family and we actually tackled a little bit of this earlier in our conversation about boundaries yeah. um, but we talk about what does friendship look like outside the marriage what does friendship look like within the marriage because you need to be friends yourselves but you also need friends that are not your husband or your wife right there has to be a balance mm -hmm. it's it's interesting so many of these conversations come up later but with a lot more brokenness in marriage yes. if they're not addressed now mm -hmm. we've had so many conversations on the other side of marriage and so it's wonderful having these like, okay, watch this, balance this, you know, mm -hmm. and one of, 
either either the couple you know two introverts just like huddle and 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 forget all their other friends and then you know a couple years down the road they're lonely or you know they they go out too much and and their wife feels lonely or their husband feels lonely like Mm -hmm. hey i thought we married as a team and like i don't even feel like i know you very much because you're out so so much like what's going Mm on so there has to be a balance and and kind of setting those again expectations of okay what what does a healthy relationship look like um, with how do we honor our friendships, but, but how do we honor each other? Yep. Yeah. And then um, in this section, we talk about family of origin as yeah, well. This is a big one. And, and this man, family of origin is the source of so many conversations that you need to be having in premarital counseling. Um, and so we talk about what was your family of origin like growing up? What was the attitude around various topics like roles and responsibilities or how to care for people when they get sick or, um, discipline parenting, like yeah. all of those really crucial upbringing conversations happen in this section of the course. Yeah. I think that's important because we all, we're all a product of our environment, whether we want to accept it or not, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. my environment, we weren't yelling, but everyone was just loud. So you yelled and you thought it was normal conversation. Safa's family <laughs> whispered. And if you even sound like you might be yelling um do you hate me like what is going on here you know so it literally took months for me to realize she really thinks I'm yelling at her I thought Uh, we were having it and I was like I'm not yelling babe I'm projecting my voice like you know (laughs) in my head I literally always had to feel like I have to raise my voice in order to be heard you know so it's definitely important that that we have those conversations because like I like I said (laughs) Whether we accept it or not, you are your mom, you are your dad, you are your yeah. brother, you are your sister. There's only so 100%. many of their habits you can avoid. Some totally. of them will reflect. But. And so in the course, we actually have an activity called to repeat or not to repeat. And you go through each of these things that you're bringing up right now. And you say, what do we want for our own family that we're creating? That's good. Yeah. yeah. Building to be honest. And traditions. Yeah. Yeah. These are your ongoing conversations too. Oh yeah. Because she might not have picked up on I feel like you're yelling a lot, you know, Tavares, what's going on? Maybe in, in the early stages of your relationship, mm-hmm. maybe after marriage, she really started feeling that maybe before, but like, these are things that we become aware of after time. Like there's still stuff mm-hmm. that we have to, to work through oh, and talk yeah. about because of our differences. Totally. So, um, so these are, these are conversations like the PDFs, all the questions we give. These are things that you can pull out because it's lifetime access. So pull yep. these suckers out and talk about them in a year, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. We have one more module to dive in before they're completed. And obviously guys, you don't have to do these courses all in the same day or one at a week oh. at a time. Like he just said, lifetime access and trust That's me, right. counseling is not something you want to hear once and never hear again. Yeah. You want to be able to revisit when them arguments arise or when you're feeling like you're dropping the ball. So what is the last thing, um, topic that we'll be diving into in your course? spiritual foundation values and mission mm-hmm. we find you know it, it's there's a pursuit that happens generally on early on in your marriage it's like yeah finding the one right mm-hmm. and so much of that ha- like your your lot of energy goes into this i'm um, sure you you might be really in, involved with your church you may not be but um after a while i think though that the couple wants to really join forces yeah they want to side by side pursue something great I mean, how much, how much meaning has, has it brought you to, you know, you and Safa to this thing called, you know, dating, godly you know, godly dating, dating 101. 101. That's, that's a huge deal that you you're impacting 
my goodness, thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So how much meaning does that bring you as a team and couple? Mm -hmm. So there's a power and a strength that comes when you know where your strengths lie, where you and where you guys are headed and how you guys support each other and work together. So what we try to do in this section is give people a template for having those discussions of what do I bring to the team? Mm-hmm. What, where, where do I see you fitting with me? Like, what are our, what is our mission, our, our purpose, our mission together? Yep. Cause it's not just mine anymore. Like, yes, I do have my, my own things I pursue, but now we're a team. What does this look like to work together for a common goal and purpose? And there's a lot of couples that miss this. Yeah. And I think one of the unique um, ways that this course stands out is right here in this last week, week seven, it's the most important week. Um, so it's not that we saved it for last because it's least important. It's actually the most important, but the couple ends the course by writing their own marriage mission statement. And so we give them a template for how to write a marriage mission statement. And it starts with a values inventory. So they go through and they really hone in on what are our core values as a couple, mm-hmm. um, starting as an individual. But then if we were to get married, what would be our core values as a couple? And then writing a marriage mission statement. You know, it's so cool. We've actually done this marriage mission statement all over the world. We've taught this in seminars to married people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really amazing, you know, after, after 15, 20 years, these couples are coming up after the, them being written and going like, wow, like we see it now mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're crying. You could just see the emotion on their face as they're reading this. Like it's a realization how much more powerful to have this happen though. Like at, before your marriage right. starts, yeah. that you guys, and of course that will change God we wouldn't have known that we would be doing this right now mm-hmm. when we first got married, but how, how cool though, to work and feel that unity. And that's, I think what everybody wants to feel that unity with, with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good because, <clears throat> excuse me, we didn't, we didn't decide to ever create our own, you know what I mean? And it's, I think it's so easy that, yeah, it's great that you may do ministry together and you serve God together and all those things, but to have something written down to tell you like, mm-hmm. this is our focus. I think it helps when you're frustrated, helps when you're tempted, helps yeah. when you're annoyed, mm-hmm. helps in all those situations when it's just like, but this is what God called us to, you know what I mean? That's and right. it, it'll always mm-hmm. bring you back. I think that's, that's definitely necessary, you know? So that's definitely something that I'm going to see if I can convince off to write one down that be like, well, she's going to always love me. And then I'm joking, <laughs> but, but definitely, definitely, man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to dive into this workbook with Safa. I think it's great because like you said, some of these couples you're teaching this stuff to, we're getting this revelation years into our marriage, but there are so many yeah. people that are listening to this podcast right now. They're not, they're not married yet. Some of them are not engaged yet. Some of them are in committed relationships. And this is what we desire for you all to have the resources Amen. that we didn't have, you know what I mean? And the, yeah. the mindset and, and the tools like you guys have um, foundation cards, sexpectation cards, different various cards that, you know, Safa and I have used mm-hmm. on our date nights are just chilling at home together. And it's like, we always think we have, we don't have much to say or much to discuss. And then I'll pull out a card and I'm just like, how did Adam even think to make me ask this question? <laughs> you know, it's like, why am I asking her this question? I didn't want to uh-huh. get emotional tonight. I wanted to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Let's keep this chill. Tonight. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, it's so many times I feel as though couples, we can just lose our way. You know what I mean? You start going through the motions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why? It's because we don't yeah. really have a plan. We, we never yeah. really had a purpose. It was just, I ah, get married. And once you got married, what, what's next? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely important. I'm super hyped for this. I'm going to post about it on my page and I'm, I'm hoping so many people go on. I'm going to do a giveaway and try to give away maybe one or two. And hopefully we get some great couples inside of this. I'm super excited. It's going to be awesome. So any any last words, I'll give you guys the floor if you want to say anything or, you know. Well, investing in your marriage is probably the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. It's, It's amazing to me that people will spend thousands and thousands on a car. Or a wedding. And they think that a wedding or a car is yeah. going to make them happy, but just yeah. like a mm-hmm. fraction of that into tools and preparation yeah. for, for something that's going to bring so much fulfillment mm-hmm. is such a wise investment. And I want to commend the couples listening to that just by listening to the Godly Dating 101 podcast, you They're are committed, investing. you're investing yeah. in your relationship. Yeah. And so you are doing a good thing. Keep doing more of that good thing. Yeah. So in order to win this prize, you would have to have listened to the end of this episode. I want you to send me a screenshot at this point with the word (laughs) godly. I want nothing else in my DM except a screenshot of this episode and the word godly. And I'm not going to post it on a caption on Instagram. The winner is going to be the person that decided to listen to that. So we're so thankful for you guys. (laughs) Safa wasn't able to wish you farewell, but we're thankful for your ministry, what God is doing through you guys. And I pray that he continues to open doors for y'all. Aww. Man, Tavares, we're huge. We're huge fans. We love you guys. We love you. So respect what you're doing. Thank you. Guys. Safa popped up. She said, love you guys, but she's uh, trying to whisper with a sleeping baby. <laughs> love you, Safa. 